Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hey, real quick. You've heard me talk about saving people money over at savewithconrad.com for years here on the show, more than four years now. But right now, today, there has never been a better time to refinance and keep more of your own money. I've been doing this for 19 years later this month, and these are the best interest rates I've ever been able to offer. We're also able to help families that we couldn't help just last year. We're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. But if you can hear my voice and you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if I can save you money. It's a matter of how much. We're routinely helping our listeners save 60, 70, 80, even $100,000. And you can do it too. We make it fast and easy, especially if you've got credit card debt. And really think about that. Your credit card debt is probably, what, 19% or more? And none of it's tax deductible. Why not pay it off at a fraction of the rate and get a greater tax deduction? We can show you how to get out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. But don't take my word for it. Just ask Richard in Virginia. He left us a five-star review and says, Jimmy kept me in the loop and explained the process and timing well. We handled most everything over text, which was a nice change. The whole process was about as easy as I've ever experienced when obtaining a loan. But you need to act now. These rates won't last forever. And when they're gone, they're gone. Find out how much money you can save right now for free with a quick quote at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh yeah, did I mention you skip your next two house payments? You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save for free right now before it's too late at SaveWithConrad.com. There's no better time to say I love you and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate StevenSinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven's there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready-for-love engagement ring collection that's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual appointment, calls, texts, chats, emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he also offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. 
That's not a rib. She pooted. No, you have a big There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. It, it, it. Was he there? I was there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I ain't scared. Of shit. I ain't scared to shit. Fuck him. You, Bruce. Ah, God damn, kid. God damn it. What the hell show you got there? I need more. Ooh, yeah. What say you? Pronouns, pal. And now, something to wrestle with. Con Bruce Pritchard. Eek. The second most recognizable athlete in the entire world today. Uh, Conrad Olsen. What happened when? Huh. What would Vince say about that? Well, hey, Vince. Sure, it's a good night. Yeah. It's so big. Yeah. Go. Bullshit. Welcome to WrestleMania. Roll title now. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle With. A very sleepy, tired, stressed, sans power. No internet, nothing happening. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm sitting in a Lord and Taylor parking lot. That's where we are, boys and girls. We want to get you this show. So Bruce is in his car in a parking lot on his cell phone. Yeah, sure am. How are you, Conrad? Well... I didn't get home this morning at 4 a.m. And I didn't wake up to no power, no cable, no internet. I didn't have to drive around looking for the best cell phone reception and then lay my seat back to talk about Bob Backlund. So probably better than you, if I had to guess, maybe. I'm, you know what? I'm going to give you a thought on this one. Normally, I would argue it's not doing fucking great, but that would be a lie. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to everybody who's been dealing with some, uh, power issues in the last few weeks, I guess here, since, uh, you guys had a bit of a weather event, I believe is the proper term, but today we're going to try to pay homage to one of the greats, man, Robert Lewis Backland, born August 14th, 1949. Today is his birthday. Bruce born in Princeton, Minnesota. And man, there's so let's get into it man uh i, I do want to ask right at the top of the show there's a, a rather famous story about backline not being able to read or write until junior college and uh, of course we know that would become part of his gimmick later in life where he would you know push education in a big way and I'm a lot of our younger listeners still remember that real, real well. Do you know if that's, if that's true or not? Is that the real deal? I've heard that. I, I don't know specifically if it's true or not, but, uh, Bob is a unique cat and, and I, I would tend to believe that. Well, let's talk about his wrestling history here. He's going to wrestle for North Dakota state, 
easy for me to say, North Dakota State University in the late 60s and early 70s. He even wins the Division II NCAA championship at 190 pounds in 1971 and then decides he wants to become a professional wrestler. And he's trained by the legendary Eddie Sharkey. When do you first remember seeing Bob Backlund? Because I know he was working before you were in the biz. When did you first see his work? I remember seeing Bob, you know, we would get the St. Louis wrestling programs and all the magazines, what have you. Bob had been wrestling in the AWA for Vern Gagne and noticed him in St. Louis. So the fact that Bob was being sent out and booked in St. Louis was kind of a big deal because St. Louis just, all the promoters would send their best to Mushnick. And Mushnick was a lot like Paul Bosch in that he could command the best of the best from around the world. And seeing Bob Backlund on there, you knew that there was something special for him to be booked in St. Louis for Sam Mushnick. If you want to save money this summer, why not start by paying less interest on your credit card balances? Refinance with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. It's an easy way to save hundreds to thousands of dollars and lower your interest rate. Lightstream offers fixed rate credit card consolidation loans from 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit, lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. Lightstream rewards consumers who have good credit with a great interest rate and no fees. Get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 and you can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. But don't take my word for it. Check out this review I found online. I heard about Lightstream while listening to one of my favorite podcasts and it prompted me to do some more research. After shopping around for a personal loan that would help me get a lower interest rate, there was no one easier to work with. Plus, Lightstream had the best rate by far. Better yet, no fees. And I had my cash within two business days. Overall, amazing experience. Highly recommend. And my listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash wrestle. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash wrestle. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes a half a percent auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash wrestle for more information. He's going to debut in 73 for the AWA. Of course, he's a clean cut baby face. Fast forward a few years in 76. Uh, Bruno tells Vincent James McMahon that he's ready to give up the WWF championship and McMahon wants an all American type wrestler, a guy like a Jack Briscoe or a Vern Gagne type as his champion. He's going to reach out to both Eddie Graham and Sam Bushnick who both recommend Backlund. And, uh, it's time now to get him over and establish him to a new audience. So they have superstar Billy Graham win the title in April of 77, but not in Madison square garden. They didn't want Bruno to lose there. fast forward a few months, or I guess nearly a year, February of 78 Backlund beats superstar at MSG. Uh, and now we've got him positioned as our, our unbeaten champ. The trouble is though, once he becomes the champ and he's, he's gone on this undefeated streak on his March to the title. Eddie Graham runs his TV where Bob Orton Jr. beat Bob Backlund and he airs it in New York. Did you ever hear about a falling out about Eddie Graham and, and your Vince's dad about airing this Backlund loss 
that happened in Florida in New York TV? No, I hadn't, but you know, there, there's also, uh, an alternate universe theory on Bob becoming champion in that Bruno wanted to be the champion again. And Bruno felt that he was the only guy to be the WWF champion. So he didn't want to work all the towns. Bruno didn't work all the towns. He worked handpicked to make the markets where he wanted to go. So Vince senior was in a dilemma. He didn't want to put the championship on Bruno again and, and have to kind of cater to all of Bruno's demands. So he looked for something completely opposite of Bruno. And that was Bob Backlund. And the feeling was that he could make anyone the champion and make them successful by booking all around them and, and putting the championship up on a pedestal. So it was the title that drew more so than the talent. Therefore, Bob Backlund was born. Bob became one of the longest reigning uh, WWF champions in history. It is funny though, because I do feel like, well, first of all, I really enjoyed superstars work at the time. I'm not saying bell to bell. I know you would say, and then the bell rang, but he was such an over the top character. It was refreshing you know, in that era, or at least to me, looking back, it's not like I was watching wrestling for Were you even born yet. No, but I'm saying when I go back and that's what I was getting to, if I go back and watch stuff from the seventies, it just feels sort of blah. And then bam, here comes superstar. And it's like, what the fuck is this? And, uh, I feel like Backlund was probably in a, I don't know, a challenging position, almost the Steve young position to use a football analogy. Because when you look up the, the records, he headlined more than 40 MSG garden, you know, Madison square garden sellouts, 67% of the time he sold out. And that's one of the better percentages in MSG history, at least from the wrestling side. I think he's second only to like San Martino, but because Bruno had such a run that whoever came behind him. Those are going to be really big shoes to feel and probably unrealistic expectations all around. No. Well, yeah, but at the same time, you got to start somewhere and people will always compare you to what came before it's new. It's different. And you have to make changes along the way. You can't just continue with Bruno forever and ever, especially if Bruno doesn't want to do it. We should also mention that, uh, once Vincent Kennedy McMahon takes over. He wants a different style champion than Bob Backlund. He wants to get it on Hulk Hogan, but he doesn't want to have a baby face beat a baby face. So they, you know, stick the iron Sheik in there to be a transitional champion of sorts. And Hulk Hogan is, is the man and, and we're off and running in 84, but supposedly, uh, your events asked Bob Backlund to bleach his hair blonde and turn heel. And when Backlund refused. McMahon had no use for him and got rid of him in summer of 84. Is that the way you remember that going down or, or hearing about it going down? I know that predates you by a few years. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard several versions of that story. And yes, Vince did want to change Bob's character and do something new with him and turning him heel, not bleaching his hair and all that stuff. I don't know if that's true or not. It may have been. But. Yeah, Vince wanted to make Bobby a heel and do something different, which Bobby didn't want to do. 
it is interesting, you know, what he winds up doing once, you know, Vince doesn't really have any use for him anymore and, and cuts him loose in 84. He doesn't just go show up on Crockett and, or, or somewhere else. He's still really sticking around with a bunch of other promoters in the Northeast. Why do you think that is that, that he didn't just immediately try to reach out to Crockett and do something there? I think that Bob looked at it as he lived in Glastonbury, Connecticut, still lives in Glastonbury, Connecticut, and this was his home. So for Bobby to go somewhere else, he would have to pack up his wife and his daughter and move. And I don't think that that was something that Bob was really interested in doing. Plus, Bob had been used by Vince to go all over the country, all over the world, really, as the champion. And Bob, I think, felt that he could pick his pick and choose his spots. You know, I remember, God, uh, must have been 70s, early 80s, that we had Bob Backlund down in Houston. And Bob came in and worked and did his stuff. I think one time he, they sent Alpha in to work with him and uh, other times he, he did other things. But Bob was the kind of guy, when he finished his match, he would stay in the ring and sign every single autograph. Now, when people are watching this, you know, the show's over. you got this guy from New York that just came in and and he won, and he's happy, and he's celebrating people coming up to the ring to get his autograph. And normally, someone would come in and just put the crowd, and, and Bob insisted he was going to sign every autograph. So now more people come down, more people come down. And Bob didn't leave till he had shook everyone's hand and signed every autograph. That's kind of the guy Bob Backlund is. Well, we know that. One of the weird things about Backlund, and I don't know that this has happened for anybody else like it. I mean, this is the guy who has a six-year run as world champion. He's headlined for years and years, but his popularity really grinds down to, I mean, I think some would say almost nil. I mean, he's not nearly what Pedro Morales was as a draw after being champion or certainly not Bruno San Martino. Why don't you think Backlund had a, a bigger connection with fans of that era, because it does feel like when he was off TV, it was just like he was gone and move on next. Well, I think that Bob, I think that there was a certain segment of the audience that really did love Bob and miss Bob, but he was replaced with Hulk and all of the grandeur of the rock and wrestling connection during that time that I don't think that, the audience had time really to miss him and want for him. If that makes any sense because he just was, he was gone and all this new bombardment of talent descended upon New York. Yeah, it is spectacular when you think about it. I mean, he feels like sort of the last of a dying breed when you get the rock and wrestling connection and the over the top characters that, that Vince had in mind. I just don't think there's been anybody who really sort of fell off the face of the earth, so to speak, like Backlund did. Do you remember him ever coming up in conversation before 92? I mean, we know that you guys are going to start having conversations with him then, but did it come up in 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, anywhere along the way? Well, 
not that I ever can recall. And Bob was one of those guys that didn't push for it either. Um, hell of an athlete. But I think that from a drawing standpoint, Bob wasn't the draw. The title was the draw, but also you had a lot around Bob. Had the strong bows, had Pattersons, and a lot of different stories, Nuka, and Morocco, and all that shit that were going on during Bob's title race. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to. Not what your roommates or neighbors or wife or kids are listening to. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. Before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbud on the market and that they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are the best ones yet with six hours of playtime seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, they're perfect for conference calls or binging podcasts. But I gotta tell you, the bass in these things, way better than any other headset I've ever had, and they're very, very comfortable. Uh, So much so that great friend of the show, Eric Bischoff, says he can't wear those traditional earbuds that you you see a lot with the little white dangly, you know what I'm talking about. He absolutely loves these, forgets that they're in there. Uh, But I got to tell you, unlike some of these other wireless options, what makes it stand out to me the most are these Raycon earbuds being both stylish and discreet. They're not distracting anybody during video conference calls. There's no dangling stems or wires. And by the way, the company was co-founded by Ray J. There's a ton of celebrities who are obsessed with Raycon, not just Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard, but... Guys like Snoop Dogg or Mike Tyson or Rich the Kid or Brandy or hell, even Melissa Etheridge. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash wrestle. That's B-U-I-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash wrestle. Buyraycon.com slash wrestle for 15% off of Raycon wireless earbuds. One more time, you get 15% off when you go to buyraycon.com slash wrestle. Let's, uh, let's talk about 92 Meltzer would write in the middle of June of 92 negotiations were supposed to take place over this past weekend. No word on what all they want involving Bob Backlund, believe it or not. And then past, you know, a couple of weeks later, Dave would write Bob Backlund reportedly turned down the WWF's offer. And then of course, two weeks later. Bob Backlund debuted on July 1st at a show in White Plains, New York, beating Skinner and repeated the same match the following night in Poughkeepsie. Backlund's return has brought up a lot of speculation. Is it simply Backlund realizing because of his age, this is his last chance to make decent money before he's done? Did Backlund want to stay with a steady pro wrestling job and with the apparent lack of interest in the UWFI and using him any longer feel this was his only chance? Or... Was it McMahon who made the initial pitch feeling he wanted someone with Backlund's squeaky clean image, the same image that got him booed loudly in most Northeastern arenas towards the end of his run as the Hogan era began as being someone who needs to push in the wake of all the bad publicity. So let's add some context to what Dave's hinting at here. We've got some scandals that have rocked the company 
most notably the steroid era. Well, of all the things you're going to accuse Bob Backlund of being a quote unquote drug user isn't one of them. I know you weren't exactly with the company here in July of 92. You're going to come back a couple of months later, maybe six weeks later. But do you believe that this was Vince's strategy to sort of like we would see a year later with diesel? We need clean superstars. Or do you think Bob reached out just trying to realize, Hey man, the, the clock is ticking here. I better get busy if I'm going to do this again. Well, I think that a little bit of both. I think that Vince always had a soft spot for Bob Backlund and Bob wanting to continue his career and have that, have that last run, so to speak. What's, what's fun too well, is, that, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, I, I think that Vince was looking at it to, to give Bob that last run and to utilize him. And maybe we could get to that heel turn. Maybe we could get to something with Bob Backlund that hadn't realized before. Let's, um, let's bring some context to what we're talking about because it's, you know, it's written about here and it's always been portrayed that when Backlund comes back here in late 92, that he's so old, he's 42 years old. He's one year younger than Brock Lesnar is today. He's the exact same age as Jeff Hardy. Is it just those guys portray themselves more in a more youthful manner? I mean, obviously, you know, Jeff's coming out dancing and he's got the face paint and the cool earrings and all that. Uh, or is Bob one of those guys who just has always sort of like Arn Anderson or JJ Dillon before him, he's always looked 40. What do you think? I mean, 42 is not old in wrestling by any stretch, but it certainly felt like he was a lot older here in 92. Why do you think that is? Well, I God, I thought that Bob was just so damn youthful in general when Bob was the champion. I think Bob always looked a lot younger than he actually was. And coming back, it was, uh, you know, that grizzled veteran almost. Bob Backlund, but he still had a lot of that boyish howdy duty charm. Uh, Meltzer would write two little notes here that, that really tickled me. This is both from the September 21st, 92 edition of the observer. Bruce Pritchard was rehired by Titan to work as JJ Dillon's office assistant. He won't do any work on the television side where there was enormous heat on him, which resulted in him being fired this last year. Bob Backlund will be getting a push since they were shooting videos with him on September 14th. At one point, Backlund and Titans deal had fallen apart and he was talking with indie promoters, but then he stopped calling and the deal apparently was solid. Those stories touching in the observer tickled me and I had to mention it. Uh, what do you remember about these, uh, videos that uh, they're showing matches, uh, uh, with him and Billy Graham and. Is this just to give context to younger fans here and remind everybody, Hey, this guy used to be the champ maybe before your time, but he's a big deal. So who wrote that? Dave Meltzer. Well, as usual, the, you know, I never worked for JJ Dillon. Um, and when I came back in, I was writing television. So there you go. Uh, People at the studio, yeah, they probably didn't care for me too much, but uh, that that is what it is. And when we came in, I got to go do, I remember one of the first things I did was uh, Vince telling me, 
hey, we're going to go shoot vignettes on Bob Backlund. And I want to see him training in his home and around Glastonbury and working out with his daughter and just, you know, Bob Backlund. Let, let's see the human being, Bob Backlund, um, which we did. I went up and I spent a couple of days with Bob in Glastonbury and his gym and were absolutely blown away at the shape and physical condition that Backlund was in. It, it was terrifying. He was unbelievable. He, 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 was in, he was in the shape of a 19-year-old kid. Well, and one of the things you guys have lined up for him is a return to Madison Square Garden against Rick Martell. Uh, that's a big deal, obviously. And, and then you're going to put him in with a bunch of tapings in uh, late October and early November, but Meltzer would say he wasn't getting over at all at the tapings. And I guess maybe that makes sense. I mean, this is the era where we've got some real over the top characters like the repo man and doink and shit like that. Did you guys know it would take time to get him over unless you were giving him a silly gimmick and was a silly gimmick ever considered? No, we wanted Bob Backlund, and we knew that Bob Backlund was a gimmick in and of itself from the standpoint of being real and being and just being Bob Backlund. You turn that up and you can tweak that a little bit. Um, I think people were going were gonna to get back with it. And to those that felt that he was out of touch and to those that felt that Bobby maybe had passed his prime, Look, no one could ever argue his, his physical, just what shape he was in and what he could do. Well, you got to see what shape he was in and what he could do at the Royal Rumble in 93. I mean, that was really Bob Backlund's pay-per-view, as crazy as it may seem. He comes in at number two. He stays in the match for over an hour. He's even part of the final three with Yokozuna and Randy Savage. It feels like, you know, as long as I've been watching wrestling, you guys find at least one guy to really focus on and feature in the Royal Rumble. And in 93, it was Bob Backlund, was it not? Well, yeah, Bob was definitely somebody that we featured because of the time that he was allowed to be in there. Plus, there was that nostalgia of a certain amount of the audience going, oh, my God, they're going with Bob Backlund and Brad at WrestleMania. They're going to have Bob Backlund be the champion again. So. You had people thinking that was going to happen, and it was a return for Bob, so it was good timing to be able to tell his story. In uh, February, you guys put him with uh, Shawn Michaels, and you do count-out finishes. Meltzer would write that he gets no reaction coming to the ring, but once they get going and they're more than 15 minutes deep into the match, the fans really start to get into it. But, of course, in Philadelphia... Uh, Backlund gets, well, booed out of the building and they love Shawn Michaels, but that's probably just Philly likes the heels, right? Yeah, but it was, you were also fighting an uphill battle too with Shawn. People were loving Shawn and even then, and Backlund as good as he was in the ring. There was a certain segment of the audience that didn't want him. It just felt like you're you're trying to tell us this goody two shoes guy. You're presenting him in a way, Mister Positivity and Mister Goody Two Shoes, that people didn't want to hear that. Talk to me a little bit about 
Sean working with Backlund. We we know, you know, the rumor and innuendo is Sean was not always easy to get along with. How did he feel about working with Bob Backlund here? Well, my recollection is Sean loved it because he was working with Bob Backlund every night. It was kind of a night off because they just would go out, work hard, and be able to call it in the ring and feel it. And it was really good old school action. It was two guys that knew what they were doing, going out and performing in front of a new audience every night. There's no better time to say I love you and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven's there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection that's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual appointment, calls, texts, chats, emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he also offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online, too. And that's just the beginning gifts that say, I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to, I hate fast, free and safe shipping. Steven singer jewelers. That's I hate It's also announced that razor Ramon is going to be facing Bob Backlund at Backlund's WrestleMania debut. WrestleMania nine. Of course, we know Razor's going to win in three minutes and 45 seconds. It's an inside cradle. Fans are cheering Razor. Meltzer would even note this is probably the first pinfall loss that Backlund had done in the company since like 77, but he said it was a terrible match and gave it negative one star. It was even voted the worst match on the card by the readers of the wrestling observer. And let's not forget that show also had undertaker versus giant Gonzalez. And they hated this one more. What was it about Razor and Bob that just didn't click at WrestleMania 9? I think Clash of Styles, Clash of Personalities, um, just didn't mesh well at all. Is there any concern at this point after the big push at Royal Rumble? I mean, it really is a big push, too, to come in to last over an hour, be part of the final three. That's a, that's, that's a big deal. But then they give you a shot on WrestleMania, your first WrestleMania, and it's just the shits. Does anybody second guess, hey, man, maybe this is a failed experiment? Not really, no, because it just kind of reaffirmed that they want to boo him. Do you think, uh, I mean, how different do you think Bob's, I mean, because his experience working with the company is totally different here. Than it was the first time. And, and as, as noted in the observer, it's his first loss, you know, clean in the company in forever. I mean, shit, nearly decades at that point. How did he assimilate to sort of this new way of doing business? I think, you know, Bob came in with an open mind and Bob came in with a great attitude, just, you know, wanting to work and be a part of everything other than uh, goofs that write dirt sheets in California that think win loss records 
are the end-all, be-all. Um, wins and losses are important, but it's you know when you sit there and, and look at someone that oh he hasn't had a clean pinfall. I don't I don't think that the majority, and what I say by that is the majority of the audience, not the smart fans that uh, eat it, breathe it, and live it. You know, those of us that are so close to it that we we overthink those things. Um, I don't think the general audience does. Well, listen, I'm I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying the business has certainly evolved. I mean, this card had El Matador and Papa Shango and Tatanka and the Head Shrinkers and Doink the Clown and Razor Ramon and Mr. Perfect and a dead guy named The Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez. It's a different style of presentation uh, of the WWF compared to you know this modern version of WWF here in 93 and before he was working on top now he's not so it feels like maybe I'm going to lose more maybe I'm going to be paid less and maybe I'm going to wrestle a goddamn clown I mean this is just different can we agree sure it is it is different but but Bob was embracing it it is interesting though that you still think there's an allure in Madison square garden, because even after a poor showing at WrestleMania come June of 93, he's working on top with Bret Hart. Did you think, Hey, maybe it's just the Northeast. That's our honey hole. Maybe even more specifically just MSG. And maybe the fans in Vegas just weren't as familiar with backland as they should have been, but maybe dads and granddads are taking their kids and saying, Oh, now you got to watch this guy. Boy, when I was your age, that type of deal. Yeah, I think so. Great. Uh, Brett Ben's Packland in a, in a long, clean match. Uh, Meltzer would say it was described to him as being really bad. Uh, and it was Backlund's first pinfall loss at the arena that he hit, used to headline for like every month for six years, there's 9,000 fans there. And it's the first time he's lost at MSG. So a pretty remarkable deal, but 9,000 fans, that's still got to feel a little disappointing if he used to be your top guy, right? Yeah. But again, he's being put in here as not the top guy. He wasn't the one that we were looking to go in and draw this house. And you've got a package at this point and Bob, Never, I don't think Bob, with his single attractions, was ever the draw when Bob was champion. <laughs> Bob had a lot of dressing around him and an awful lot of help. So I never, from the time that he was champion until the time later, did anybody think, okay, this, the company's on, Bob back was back. That wasn't the case. Uh, by August, Meltzer would write, major roster cuts will be made over the next few weeks. The WWF will be cutting back to one house show per night with the final night of double shots being on August 15th. Among the names who will be cut, leaving or receiving fewer dates and staying under contract, but mostly working mainly uh, indie dates are Bob Backlund, among others. Was there a thought that, hey, maybe this isn't working as well as we hoped and, and we're going to cut Backlund back? Or is Dave just incorrect? I know you usually jump at the chance to say he's incorrect. So I guess yeah, I'm asking. Wrong. You. I mean, did that happen? No, it didn't. So guess what? Dave was wrong. 
Well, let's fast forward, you know, to the Royal Rumble 94. Backlund makes a 30-second appearance to be thrown out by Diesel, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, why is Backlund even still here? I mean, a, a year it was his show. A year ago it was his show. And now he's in and out in 30 seconds. And he's not even on WrestleMania 10 in Madison Square Garden. So, you know, this used to be your top guy in this building for years and years and years. And now we're going to run our biggest show in that building. He's not even there. And again, he wasn't the big draw for years and years and years. He was the champion. There's a difference. And there was definitely a difference at that time. And as far as the Royal Rumble, that's a great story. The guy that lasted over an hour the year before comes in, and this big new monster, Diesel, eliminates him in 30 seconds. That's a holy shit moment for Diesel. And good storytelling for Bobby. Because you think, okay, well, Bob did so good last year. Oh my God, that's a holy shit moment for Diesel. Let me ask, because it does feel like knowing what we know in hindsight now, especially when we get past to say a WrestleMania 10 and, and he's not on the card, was there, were you guys trying to convince him to be a heel and he was reluctant to do it? I only ask because we know that you know, I don't know, sometime in the middle of 94, we'll get into it in a minute that happens and it works wonderfully, but it wasn't really working before was Vince trying to push him to be a heel. He resisted. They tried it as a baby face when that didn't work. Then he pitched the heel thing and maybe he resisted. So as a result, we just don't put him on WrestleMania 10 and hope he comes around. We're using him less and less and hope he comes around or. Tell me when, when his attitude on being a heel changed, or was he always open to it? And it was just, wasn't the right time. Well, I think a part of it is, is show me. And a big part of it is keeping him out there and you let the audience continue to boo him and continue to react the way that they were reacting to it. Now you're feeling that and Bob can go out and feel that and realize, let, let him do it longer. Let him continue to do it to where it finally takes Bob over the edge and he snaps. So there was a method to the madness. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, sometimes there's too much red in the shit versus let it be. Well, let's talk about it. July 1st in Pennsylvania, they're going to open the show with Bob Backlund doing a squash win. He's going to use the chicken wing. But he's not going to let go of the hold, even after the match. They're ringing the bell four or five times before he finally breaks it, and he's ignoring the fans after the match. Meltzer would write, I'm told this wasn't taped, but was strictly a tryout. But after 10 years, it seems like they finally got Backlund to do what they wanted him to do. Did you, did you ask him to just go do a tryout like Dave sort of freestyles here? And, and who ultimately wound up selling him on the idea, do you think? Well, no, it was. Pat Patterson and I were, at that time, were mainly doing the TVs and things of that nature. And Vince was, I think, either in the trial or preparing for trial, what have you. But as time went on and, you know, Bob's feeling this hostility, if you will, with the audience. And the timing was right. The timing was there. So try it. Let's see how in a traditional Northeast 
environment where Bob had been for so many years. Let's try and see how they react. And they reacted. Yes, they did. And we know it's going to happen in a major way when they do it, uh, in ocean city, Maryland, uh, two days later, they do a Bob Backlund turn that Meltzer says may not air, but Backlund winds up getting a small package, but Brett's going to kick out. Backlund thinks he's won, and then Brett gets a small package for the pin. And after the match, they go to shake hands, but Backlund slaps him, puts him in the chicken wing and wouldn't break the hold. This was really, really well done. I mean, I don't, I, I can't think of a more surprising sort of heel turn than this one, you know, until years later with Hogan and all that. But this was really, really good stuff here that I don't think anybody saw coming. No one saw, I mean, no one saw it coming, but I think a lot of people wanted it to come. And Bobby did that. It was so natural and, and Brett so great as well in it that we said, oh my God, yeah, right, felt good. And we did it in a, in a spot where Bob had been revered for years. That helped work, make it work too. Let's, um, let's also kick around some rumor and innuendo. Was there ever going to be a storyline reason why Backlund became a bad guy? Because one of the rumors going around was, well, Hey, maybe they're going to bring back Papa Shango and say that he put a spell over, over Bob Backlund. And now that's why Bob is different after all these years. Uh, I'm sure that's one of the many correspondence that Elzer has that bites come in to see the show and try to count and figure out what's going on. No, that was never discussed. I didn't get a single word you said right there. Can we relick that calf one more time? I said, no, that was never discussed. And that's just one of those situations of uh, a Meltzer correspondent who has to buy tickets to get into the arena who thinks that they know something because they're sitting on the sixth row. Well, here's what's weird. After I thought this Brett thing went pretty well, uh, Bob winds up working in Japan for war. How does that deal come to be? Or is this something that war worked out through your office? It was something that was worked out through the office. Okay. When was it determined? Hey, that was a hit. We're going to go with Bob and Brad at survivor series. Well, as far as Pat and I were concerned, it was pretty much determined that ocean city. Uh, it was just such a, such an unexpected event that was received exactly how we wanted the audience to receive it. So that was the point. But damn it, we, we could go all the way to this. Ever since I was a little kid, I enjoyed going hunting and fishing. And now with rad power bikes, I can get in even further, spend more time gaming and transporting my equipment without even breaking a sweat. And I got to tell you, this is a fun way to get out in nature. So we're talking about rad power bikes, of course. And it's a big deal for me because, uh, well, we've all been cooped up in the house a little more than normal this year. Getting out and enjoy the outdoors is, uh, man, this is the right time of year to do it. And there's no easier way to do it than with an e-bike. And if you're like me, you may not even really know what that is. At least I didn't until I discovered Rad Power Bike. 
I read all their great reviews over at electricbikereview.com. I saw they were voted best affordable electric bike in five categories there. And I think they're now the largest electric bike brand in North America. But what is an e-bike? It's like a cross between a traditional bike and a moped. But what makes Rad Power Bikes so unique is they're built for every purpose. Whether you want to get out in the woods, which, you know, I've got trails by my house. That's kind of fun. Maybe you want to haul the kids around town or, you know, haul some groceries or just get out and have fun without getting all hot and sweaty. Here's what's great about this. It's like a cross, like I said, between a bike and a moped. But unlike a moped, you don't need a a new type of driver's license, some sort of special accommodation there. But you can go up to 20 miles an hour without pedaling. And uh, it's kind of fun to get out and enjoy the outdoors without getting all hot and sweaty right now. By the way, they're also affordable. These bikes start at just $1,200. They're all under $1,500. You compare that to any competitor here, they're usually over $3,000. This is a home run, and they're even hooking you up with an even better deal by showing appreciation to those that serve So if you're active, a former military, a first responder, a teacher, whatever, you get $100 off. If you've got questions about what the hell an e-bike is or how it could better suit you, why not call the dedicated U.S.-based customer support team to answer any questions or concerns? They're there seven days a week to help you out. And this is an incredible gift to give someone in your life who loves the outdoors and they make it so easy. Check this out. Rad Power Bikes offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. 0% APR. And right now is a limited time offer. You get a free accessory with the purchase of a bike. That's right. Get a free gift up to $100 in value and free shipping to the lower 48 states. To get this special offer, text the word BRUCE to 64000. That's BRUCE to 64000. Text B-R-U-C-E to 64000. That's 64000. Text BRUCE to 64000. Get yourself a rad power bike. Really cool stuff happening at the September 27th TV tapings in Poughkeepsie. It's a superstars taping. That's again, all about Bob Backlund. Backlund's going to make fun of Shawn Michaels saying he's against the new generation. Later, he does a demonstration of a chicken wing and he won't break the hold on his old manager, Arnold Scotland, because he's mad at Scotland for throwing in the towel in 83. And then sparky plug, Bob Holly makes the save. And Backlund later uses that same hold on Holly and beats him in three minutes. So Arnie playing a, uh, a television character here again, getting back on TV. How hard was it to get him to stop playing cards to get the chicken wing here? Very, it was very hard to get him to put the car out for a minute, uh, get out of whatever cribbage game, but Arnie, you know, look, his days in the ring over and never wanted to do any of that stuff. But Arnie and, and Bat have a really good relationship. Happy to do it for Bobby. Well, let's keep it going. Let's talk about what's next here on the show. Um, Meltzer would write, Bob Backlund is getting the mega, mega push on all the TV, building up to the pay-per-view, which is how it has to be in order to sell the show. I don't know that Backlund is going to win the title, but it appears they're going to take it from Brett within the next few months. I don't know if it's to sell pay-per-views or not, but I'm thoroughly entertained by Backlund's insane straight arrow postman gone berserk gimmick by societal pressures. Even if half the time he uses big words when they don't even actually make sense. The segment on the Shawn Michaels thing where Michaels told Backlund he was nuts and he was just his kind of guy 
and he and Diesel want to party with him. And Backlund told Michaels he wouldn't associate with people like that was hilarious. This is a, another side of his persona that we never saw. Is this something Backlund comes up with on his own? Or is this you and Pat pulling the strings and saying, what if? No, it, it was a combination of, of everything. And Bob, you know, really embraced the character and looked at different ways to make it fresh and different than a traditional heel. So, you know, Bobby had was having fun with this damn thing. And so were we. Let's, uh, let's also mention that we have tons of feedback from, from people on social media who say they met Bob in this era in real life, you know, not in the confines of a WWF show. And whenever they would identify themselves as a wrestling fan or approach him, he would stay in character and do this same full bit. And that's, I don't know, man, something about that super charming to me as a wrestling fan. And I really appreciate that. You got, you got Bobby 24 seven. Bobby was living the gimmick. Eventually he puts uh, both Lex Luger and Randy Savage in the chicken wing all to build up his title match with Bret Hart. Everybody loves Bob though. No objections. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that there were some people in the, in the company that felt that good Lord, you know, we're going with this old guy that's, uh, out of touch and should be going with the young guys and the youth. And yet Bob was more interesting than a lot of the younger guys and youth that we had, but by God, Bob stepped up and Bob wasn't an asshole. So all the more, I think that people didn't mind helping him and doing the right thing. Meltzer would write that, uh, the Bret Hart, Bob Backlund title match will be on top at survivor series but it'll be that Brett can only win with a sharpshooter and Backlund can only win with the chicken wing. Uh, and the only way to win is to throw in the towel, sort of reminiscent of what happened with Bob once upon a time, Owen is going to be in Backlund's corner. Davey is going to be in Brett's corner. Pretty remarkable that you guys are, are drawing it all together here and they get plenty of time at survivor series, 35 minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, Meltzer would say, Little happened for the first 14 minutes because with no holds over and nobody really selling holds and the announcer gorilla monsoon, even killing holds saying things like I've never seen anyone submit to an arm bar for the fans at home and no pinfall combinations were being done. Really nothing happened. Uh, but then finally they get cooking with gas and, uh, it gets a two-star rating. Uh, Meltzer would write, uh, Backlund got Brett in the chicken wing and held it for more than nine minutes with a split split screen camera showing Owen fake turning baby face, having sympathy for Brett Hart kept begging his parents to do something, even crying overacting really badly in contrast with the parents who didn't seem all that concerned. At one point, Helen Hart was about to throw the towel in, but Stu snatched it from him. Uh, finally, Helen did throw the towel in and Brett was helped out of the ring. Owen, who had faked turning face, then celebrated and tried to do a Ric Flair interview after the match. The best part of the entire segment was Vince McMahon and Gorilla Monsoon's indignation at what Owen had done. That was awesome. Two stars. I know that the match itself was not great, uh, and you may disagree on that, 
but I sort of like the way the finish was pulled off. What do you think? Well, match was a very good wrestling match. So to that point, that just goes to prove my point. If you don't like wrestling, no, you wouldn't have liked that match. Because that's what they did in it. And they told a story that did bring the audience around and did bring the audience to a crescendo for the finish. That's what you do. It's the name of the game. We've already covered the diesel win over backland on the very recent diesel episode available in the archives, but did backland know when he won at survivor series, you're dropping it three days later, or do you guys tell him that after the fact? No, he knew. And you've also mentioned, you know, when we did that diesel episode that Backlund said he would never take the jackknife power bomb ever again after taking that one in Madison square garden. And I think somewhere I read in an interview that Kevin Nash was attributed to saying that to sell the impact of that jackknife power bomb Backlund crawled on his hands and knees all the way to the dressing room, uh, to really get over to the fans, the devastation of that move. Do you remember that being the case? Because that's tremendous. Yeah, and, you know, it was Bob's dedication to getting Diesel over. That was Bob's job. So Bob did that, you know, but at the same time, Bob didn't like didn't like the way that that jackknife was delivered and wasn't keen on taking it again because he didn't feel that it was safe. Let's, uh, let's talk about the great news that comes down the pike, uh, in December Meltzer would report. Another surprise is the report that the survivor series did between a 1.2 and a 1.4, which would be a huge increase from the previous year and would have to be attributed at least for one night that Bob Backlund was marketable since he was the main item pushed leading into the show. It's pretty remarkable when you think about it, that this character got over as well as it did and popped a buy rate for you that exceeded all expectations. Well, that's what you want all of them to do. It is, it is, yeah, it is fun. Testament to Bob and Brett both. Saving money at SaveWithConrad.com is fast and easy. Just ask Jordan in Murfreesboro. He says, Jimmy made the entire process easy. No appraisal was needed, and we got a great rate on our refinance. What about Glenn up in Sperry, Oklahoma? He says, I wound up knocking four years off my loan and even saved a few dollars on my monthly payment. Easy to work with. Jimmy is the man. How much are you overpaying right now? Keep more of your own money at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. So wait, lower your monthly payments and pay your house off faster. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Let's save with Conrad.com. You know, there's, there's lots of rumor and innuendo out there that when you said, Hey, there are, you know, some guys in the locker room who thought, oh man, we're pushing this old man or whatever it may be. A lot of that has been attributed to the click, but you said earlier that Sean liked working with Bob. Maybe they liked working with Bob. They just didn't like that Bob might have a higher placement on the card than them. Fair to say? Not really. Again, Sean, Sean's a worker's worker, and Sean loved being able to go out and work and 
trade holds with Bob Backlund and be able to tell that story. I don't think that Razor and Diesel shared that same love of going out and working with Bob. Different style, different everything. And um, so I think, you know, different. it's just different as far as how they viewed it. But there were talent. You know, we had a lot of young talent in the locker room that were like, hey, when am I going to get my break? And this old guy is getting my break. Like you say, Bobby wasn't that old. It's, it's really remarkable when you think about, you know, how well he was received here in, in just that brief moment of time, he still wound up being voted the best heel in the company in 94. And when you think about that, I mean, it was just for a handful of months. I do want to mention, since we brought up the click, I think there's a famous story out there that the click hated working with Bob Backlund so much that allegedly they convinced Vince McMahon to hire Dick Murdoch as Bob Backlund's second. So the click members who had to work with Bob could find a way to do comedy spots with Dick Murdoch fact or fiction. Well, Dick was brought, Dick was brought in basically to try and help teach guys. And he had talked about, you know, just being able to come in and do some different things. And yeah, the click definitely wanted to do stuff with Dick Murdoch. Like most guys did Dick hell of a fucking hand and did some crazy shit. It does feel like Backlund's going to start to be phased down pretty quickly. Um, and I, of course, Brett needs his win back, but rumble 95 would see Bob interfere in the diesel Bret Hart title match. And Backlund never would get a return match on TV against diesel. And then he has, you know, Brett attack him from the aisle for his entrance into the rumble. And Backlund gets in and is immediately eliminated by Lex Luger. Why don't you think we saw some sort of a return match ever of any significance with Diesel and Backlund? Because I don't think anybody wanted to see it. I don't think anybody would believe that Bob would have been able to take the championship from Diesel at that time. And it was just time to move on. It was That was oil and water. Well, here's the other thing I, I was thinking when I was doing my research for this show, why not at the rumble do a rematch from survivor series? Why not do Brett Backlund there? I mean, it feels like Brett would have rather worked with someone else at WrestleMania or do I have that wrong? Did he feel like that was the better story? Did he campaign for Backlund at WrestleMania instead of Royal rumble? Not necessarily. It, it just was the better story and it was save it for WrestleMania and be able to tell your stories as we go on. Um, you know, we're still in the, in the era of not doing a pay-per-view every single month. So you wanted your pay-per-views to be different than the live events. And you wanted to have your blow offs at WrestleMania and the bigger events. Some fun stuff happening here in January. There's a King's court. That's going to air with Bob Backlund as the guest and Backlund's going to say he's only going to release the chicken wing. If his opponent says I quit Mr. Backlund. And then he turns to Lawler and puts the hold on and Lawler says, I quit Mr. Backlund. And of course, Bob breaks it. And as Bob goes to leave, Lawler makes a comment about Backlund who then runs back in the ring, puts the hold on Lawler again. And this time Lawler screamed, look, Bret Hart's over there. And Backlund immediately releases the hold to chase a non-existent Bret Hart. This is fun stuff. And we're marching towards WrestleMania. I mean, as a producer, as, as 
you know, somebody working the gorilla position and in creative and behind the scenes here, really getting in the nitty gritty of these characters being developed. This had to be a blast working with Bob here. It was because it was, it was, what are we going to do to display this unique personality with Bob this week? And every week was different. So it became challenging. It kind of became that, you know, where's Waldo? What the hell are you going to do with him this week? Well, you know, what's coming WrestleMania 11. They get plenty of time, not nearly as much as before, but enough to tell the story, uh, roughly 10 minutes, but it's with a special guest referee, Roddy Piper, who's going to get a big pop. Uh, of course, Backlund gets the chicken wing on, but Brett reverses it for a great pop. And then Piper keeps asking Backlund if he wants to quit and about nine and a half minutes or so Backlund grunts and Piper rules. Hey, that was a submission. And after the match, Backlund keeps this crazed look and keeps telling Jim Ross that he had seen the light. I don't know why, but I enjoyed this much more than Dave did. He gave it a star and a quarter. What'd you think? I thought it was tremendous. Uh, again, I enjoy, I enjoy that style of match and that style of wrestling from time to time because it's different. And those are two masters of their craft that made you interested, made it fun. You know, it's funny because I've watched this show, that WrestleMania 11 show a lot, and I used to not like the match, but now I guess because I've grown to be such a fan of Backlund, I just like his character here and. I do want to ask though, why the need to put Roddy in as the special guest referee? Did you feel like, and obviously at 11, we we've talked about that show before you feel like you need to load it up with as many celebrities as you can, you know, whether it's McCarthy or Taturo or Jonathan Taylor, Thomas, or, you know, whatever you got a, a ton of quote unquote celebrities. Did you just feel like this match needed more star power? So let's put Roddy in there. Yeah, I mean, just from a whole presentation, yes, it colored it up, definitely. How was Brett with working with Bob here? I mean, we see Sean and Diesel working for the title. We see a football player in Bam Bam Bigelow going on last. and He's working with Bob Backlund, and they throw Roddy Piper in there. Does Brett feel like you guys are losing confidence in him here, you think? I don't know that Brett was really in love with it, but he did enjoy working with Bob and being able to go out and get the crowd. And, um, I don't know. I don't know if it was Brett's favorite opponent, but they did some good, they did some good business and had some great matches. This wound up being Backlund's last WrestleMania match. Of course he did nine, 10 and now here 11, and it's going to be the last singles match he has on pay-per-view for the WWF. A few weeks later, uh, Meltzer would, uh, quote Brett Hart's Calgary sun column where he's talking about Joe Montana's NFL retirement. He says at the same time, I was happy to see Montana go out on his terms at the top of his game, not crippled or dismembered with class and no regrets. I hope I'm able to go out the same way and not outstay my welcome like Bob Backlund, Ric Flair, and others who sadly have besmirched their once shining reputations by hanging around, hanging around longer than they should have. Is this something that's on your radar? I mean, is this Brett just trying to work here a little bit or was he legitimately upset with working with Bob? And this is a sort of a shooting deal here. That's part of the storyline. Well, it's fun because then we see Backlund start campaigning. Yeah. He's going to run for presidency. 
who came up with that idea? How was it presented? Because this too is great TV. <laughs> Vince thought that Bob would make a great presidential candidate. Pitched it to Bob. Bob loved it. And, and Bob took it seriously was the, the other great part about it. Bob took it as an opportunity to, to have fun and get the hell out there with his character. Well, they're really knowing how to press the buttons here. Uh, Meltzer would write, they started an angle at all the TVs regarding man mountain rock versus Bob Backlund as Backlund broke rocks guitar. It was really bad with rock crying about his broken guitar. The first match was on June 10th at Madison square garden and was described as one of the worst matches in the history of Western civilization. As they went 10 minutes without even locking up. And after rock one, Backlund put the chicken wing on him after the bout. Bruce, what the fuck was this? Yeah, it's pretty fucking awful. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. What and the reasoning behind it, the original thought was look, uh, Daryl Peterson, who was Man Mountain Rock, was a hell of an amateur in his day. And Bobby a hell of an amateur. The thinking was that they could go out and tear the house down and they, and they both could work too. I mean, Daryl Peterson could go, but good Lord, you talk about clash of styles and philosophy and in real life, because Daryl wanted to play guitar and be a rocker too. And Bob didn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that one, that one stunk. I'll take the heat for that. Let's, uh, let's ask another question here because I mean, I don't, I don't know what the exact timeline is here, but I think somewhere in this era, Bill Watts is going to come in in some sort of position of power, but he's here for a cup of coffee. What did Bill think of, uh, using Bob Backlund? Do you, do you know? Well, Bill liked Bob, but at the same time, he didn't think that there was a lot left in Bob and the, and the character. He didn't like the presidential shit. And, you know, Bill wasn't really very fond of entertainment. Whoselife.com <laughs> is your one-stop shop for all your cannabis and CBD accessories, products like vape pens, pipes, bongs, e-nails, grinders, and rolling trays. But check out these best sellers. What a list this is. The Slim Twist Vape Pen, the Draw Dry Herb Vaporizer, the Kettle Water Pipe, the Slugger Dab and Dugout, the Browser Silicone Glass Pipe, the Smell Proof Traveler Series, the Grinder Tray, and so much more, including some wild products your friends haven't seen before. Oozlife.com is always coming out with new and innovative products and color designs. Oozlife.com is the loud and in-your-face brand you've been waiting for. Ooze batteries have a lifetime warranty and free shipping on orders over $50. Oozelife.com, affordable prices so you can spend more on actual weed. Uh, if you want to go ahead and save yourself some money, this is simple. Go to oozelife.com, that's O O Z E L I F E.com, and use our promo code WRESTLE. If you don't know how to spell WRESTLE, well, you shouldn't go to this website. Get 15% off your entire order. It's a one-time use per customer. So make sure that you get 
everything you're looking for on your very first visit. It's oozelife.com and the promo code is wrestle and you'll get 15% off your entire order. I guess we should also mention you must be of legal age in your state to purchase, which I guess, depending on where you live is 18 or 21 years old. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of guys who listen to our show advertising on our show. And these guys are big time listeners and supporters of our show. And I, I would assume based on the copy here, they're also friends with Rob Van Dam and Godfather. I mean, I, I never knew that I would be promoting something called a kettle water pipe or a slugger dab and dugout, but it turns out I am, uh, I'm blown away by what you can see at oozelife.com. You got to go see it for yourself. It's O O Z E L I F E.com. And don't forget to use that promo code wrestle for 15% off your order. Whew, what the fuck are we doing? Let me ask about the uh, third in your house pay-per-view. Bob's going to introduce Dean Douglas. And, uh, of course, Dean's going to debut and then defeat Razor Ramon. Backlund sticks around in Douglas's corner and even helps him defeat Razor. Was this always just the plan to debut Douglas with him? I mean, why didn't Backlund continue to corner for Shane? Once again, I think that the Bob Backlund character was so unique. Well, it didn't really lend itself just by design to be with anybody else. We, we thought and looked at different times, you know, like we did with the Sultan and, and the Sheik and all that shit, and that Bob could be a good manager. But Bob was pretty much about getting Bob over, and a good manager gets their talent over. Bob was better as being the talent than being the mouthpiece. Let's, uh, let's talk about Pat Patterson here for a minute. Meltzer would write the angle where Jim Ross got put in the chicken wing aired on superstars over the weekend. And he was wearing a sling on action zone. The next day, Bob Backlund also put a sound man in the chicken wing on raw. And this repush of Backlund was one of Pat Patterson's last ideas. Patterson has officially retired and cleaned out his desk as of December 1st and is scheduled to move to Florida full-time. Of course, we know Pat Patterson never really retires. Uh, he's going to be back before you know it, but this was one of his big initiatives pushing Bob Backlund and, uh, <laughs> how easy was it to convince Jim Ross to take the chicken wing? Of course, over the years, you're going to break cement blocks over his head and shatter glass jars and make him kiss people's ass and pull his head out of his own ass and have Austin beat him up. But I think this is one of the first times we saw Jim Ross and some physicality. Talk to me about Jim Ross being involved physically and how Pat Patterson may or may not have been involved in all that. Well, good old Jr. was the play by play. He was your host of the show that everyone knew and loved. So if you want to get heat, why not go after him and beat him up a defenseless play-by-play guy. Then when someone comes to the rescue of JR, the problem was trying to find anyone that would come to the rescue. I like the idea of putting a sound man in the chicken wing on raw too. I mean, just having him go crazy and, and, and attack everybody was, was good stuff. He is back in the Royal rumble again in 1996. This time he's eliminated by Yokozuna. He does this, uh, backland for president gimmick, but it's sort of going unnoticed for a while. Do you think with Pat maybe easing out and there's nobody championing for it and it just doesn't get the TV time it did before, did Vince get bored with it? Why do you think it started to 
take a bit of a back seat. It just kind of petered out, you know, and I think that we actually had Bob register to run for president and it just petered out. It, it just, uh, you know, you had a lot of steam at the beginning and then after a while, the real, pe- the real presidential race was just, uh, garnering the headlines and not what we were doing. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving. Talk about Madison square garden, May 19th, 1996. Savio Vega is going to defeat Bob Backlund in his last singles match at Madison square garden. In fact, this is Backlund's last match for the WWF during this run. Had it just run its course and it's time to, uh, move on. It had, and I think Bobby had grown tired of traveling and not doing anything without being involved in major storyline. So it's time for Bob to take a little rest. And the thing is, we're resting him from an in-ring standpoint, and we're going to take him off TV for a little bit. But he's going to be back on August 12th on Monday Night Raw doing guest commentary. This is real. For Godwins versus T.L. Hopper and who? 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 Where he promises to bring someone to the WWF to be a WWF champion and be a better role model than Shawn Michaels. Of course, Fatu is going to be repackaged as the Sultan, and he's never programmed with Shawn Michaels for a title program. So that makes me wonder was there someone else in mind for Bob to manage here, and then it just didn't work out for whatever reason? No, it was always Sultan. Idea was completely change up Fatu's look and get away from the Samoan presentation and have this mystery man come out, you know, that can work and put him with Bob Backlund and Iron Sheik for heat and take it from there. Just never really hit. Well, we know what's coming. Raw Championship Friday on September 6th happens, and Backlund introduces the Iron Sheik who would be his new protege's trainer. Sheik then says that Backlund is a former six-time WWF champion and that Sheik was lucky to have beaten Backlund for the title. Help me understand. Why the fuck is the Iron Sheik coming back? Because Vince has a soft spot for him. Oh, there you go. Maybe I come back and a humble somebody for to be break their back fuck them in ass boy jabroni where is that conrad thompson jabroni (laughs) here's the deal we all everybody has a soft spot for the iron sheik but goddamn you're giving bob backland and the iron sheik live mics in 96 this was like a bad idea ah but was it a bad idea yes Okay. <laughs> uh, the Sultan of course is doomed to fail, but we should mention, uh, there's a rather interesting moment here. Shotgun Saturday night debuts. It's one of the more iconic backland moments. Goldust defeats the Sultan when Marlena jumps up on the apron and pulls down her top of her dress to distract the, uh, celibate Sultan and gets him to release the camel clutch. Goldust then wins by count out. Backlund takes his jacket, throws it over the Sultan's head to protect him. This is silly stuff, but fun at the same time. Well, well, yeah, it was 
being as controversial and cutting edge as we could be in late night television on a Saturday night. So it was it was midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Get away with a little bit more. Uh, Sultan and Rocky Mavia get programmed. They're on a WrestleMania March for the intercontinental title. What the fuck? Uh, Rocky Johnson gets his appearance here and yeah, it is what it is. I, I guess, um, somewhere it was reported. There was talk of pairing Backlund with furnace and Lafon for their debut. We know it doesn't wind up happening though. Was that ever discussed furnace and Lafon with no. Backlund as a mouthpiece? Not at all. Well, as we said, the last WrestleMania appearance for Backlund, WrestleMania 13, Rocky Mavia is going to pin the Sultan. Afterwards, Backlund, Sheik, and Sultan would attack, and uh, Rocky makes the save. Backlund's last appearance is at the Free for All in 97 for In Your House Revenge of the Taker. He's going to manage Sultan to get a win over Flash Funk. And afterwards, it's just the Iron Sheik managing Sultan. Did Bob want to leave, or did you guys invite Bob to leave? Bob was ready to leave, and I think, again, you know, it goes back. Bob just felt he wasn't being used the way he really wanted to be used and was ready to go home. Let's see Corky. Takes a little bit of a break, but he pops back up in 2000 for an appearance at Madison Square Garden at the Royal Rumble. He helps eliminate Rikishi before he's eliminated by Chris Jericho. Is this just to feel good? Hey, we're in MSG. We need a surprise every year for WrestleMania or for the Royal Rumble. We need a few surprises. What about Bobby? Yes. And and it was, you know, Bob from time to time would be, hey, uh, I've got some dates. I'm going to be around. Can you use me? And Bob would drive to town just to be used. He, he was just well bob's bob's available yeah let's do something with bob we should mention he sticks around for a little bit of time he even helps kurt angle in march attack jericho during a match while the pairing of angle and Backlund, just both legitimate wrestlers absolutely to olympic you know bob Backlund wasn't an olympian or, or a gold medalist but goddamn two olympic gold medalists um no, the, the, the training of Kurt and helping Kurt get some heat. And also, when you look at the build of Bob Backlund as a heel and you look at the shit that Kurt was doing as a heel, very similar. Backlund's written off TV on the Sunday Night Heat before WrestleMania 2000, where Kurt would find out it was Backlund's idea to defend both the Intercontinental and the European title at the pay-per-view, and he locks him in the cross-faced chicken wing. Uh, and then Backlund... Uh, did run for the house of representatives in 2000 as a Republican. That's not a rib, uh, but he lost to the incumbent in the state of Connecticut. Uh, uh, that's not a storyline. What'd you think of this? Real life. What'd you think of that decision? Well, it's something Bobby wanted to do. I mean, he really wanted to do it studied and it was something he wanted to do. We weren't really involved in it at all other than allowing him to come and campaign and do different things. But Bob had real aspirations to do that. Do you, um, do you remember voting for Bob? I mean, you would have been in his district, right? You could have voted for him. No, I was already gone from Connecticut. Wasn't I in 2000? You were still there. 
2000, I guess I was, but. Well, randomly he shows up, uh, at least on the national scene in 2007 with TNA, he does some stuff with Kevin Nash of all people and Alex Shelley and the old paparazzi productions. Did you see any of that stuff? I think Borash was helping put a lot of that together at the time. Did see a lot of what stuff? Uh, TNA when, when Backlund was there doing stuff with Kevin Nash and Alex Shelley. I don't think I did actually. Well, he comes back to WWF TV in December of that year. It's the 15th anniversary of raw. He's going to be a part of a battle Royal, which is won by IRS. Uh, well, kind of DiBiase comes out to pay off IRS to win it. How was Bob to deal with in these, uh, one-off appearances that you guys were bringing him in for here? An absolute joy. And also you add to that, um, extremely stressful because you never knew what he was going to do. Uh, we've gone from, you know, company was doing sort of one-off appearances with Backlund to then he finally gets to go into the hall of fame, uh, in April of 2013, he's inducted by Maria Menounos. Uh, did you actually watch that induction and, and how do you, what did you think of Maria being the person to induct him? And I mean, I guess it's pretty cool to know that he's finally in, right? I thought it was great that he was in and Bob was deserving of being in the hall of fame and he and Maria were real life friends. So I thought that it was a, probably a bigger thrill for Maria than Doug Bob than anything else. Hey, I want to do a quick shout out right now to some of our friends over at the knocking doors down podcast that just had Rick Flair on as a guest yesterday. If you're not familiar, knocking doors down is a podcast about those who have turned their greatest adversities into their greatest advantages. And they've featured celebrity guests, including, of course, the nature boy, Rick Flair, just from yesterday. Carmen Electra was on, Lamar Odom, uh, Brandon Novak from Jackass was there, Scott Stapp from Creed. And they've got experts in addiction recovery on there, mental health, and people from all walks of life who have experienced some challenging times in their lives. And they tell their story of how they were able to break through and live a more purposeful life. And now they're inspiring others to be at their best and be their best version of themselves. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, mental health, or other areas of trauma, you're not alone. Hear how those who have been there broke through and now started the Knocking Doors Down podcast. It's hosted by Jason Lachance with a background of family addiction, alcoholism, family trauma, divorce, family struggles, and depression. And his co-host is Mikey Noraki who's also struggled with substance abuse issues along with anxiety, depression, and financial struggles. If you're looking for weekly inspiration and motivation to push through those challenging times in your life, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or over at kddmedia.com. New episodes drop on Thursdays with the latest episode, as I said, yesterday, woo, the nature boy himself, Ric Flair, on the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Of course, the next time we see him is when he comes back to manage Darren Young to make Darren Young great again. Uh, before that gimmick comes to an end, uh, officially on camera, Darren Young is released. Did you see that gimmick? What did you think of that? I did. I liked it. And I really thought that that was something that I remember watching and going, this is fun. And this is something that, you know, Backlund could pull off. 
when you look at everything that was going on in the world of politics and just in the world in general, I thought it was a fun deal. Let's talk a little bit about his legacy. How do you think he'll be remembered? I mean, he had a big run as the champion of the biggest promotion in the world, but it was really before the world got smaller, thanks to cable TV and the internet. Once he was up and running with the Brett stuff, that's probably what I'm going to remember the most. What do you think his legacy will be? I think the most people Bob's legacy is going to be his run as WWF champion and that run after Bruno and San Martino and all of that. To me, that was the quintessential Bob Backlund. The things that, you know, to younger fans, the things that we did with him later, and I think the run that he had with Brett was, I love that story because it was different and it was new for Bobby. Um, the younger fans are going to remember him for that being kind of crazy. But the fact of the matter is, is that, yeah, crazy like a fox. I mean, he's extremely intelligent and just a wonderful, you know, Bob Backlund lived in Glastonbury, Connecticut. I lived in Monroe and Bob would just drop in at the house all the time. Um, he would bring flowers for my wife. He'd bring a six pack of beer and would take his shoes off at the front door and say, Hey, are you guys, you know, I just want to say hello. Um, we always invited me and goes, no, no, I don't have to come in. I just want to say hello. I was in the area. He'd come in, he'd have a beer and, uh, we'd talk for a little while and they'd say, okay, I gotta go. He just was a kind was in. A, a kind, really wonderful man. Let's get to some questions. We got tons of questions. There's no way we'll get to them all. If you want to ask a question about next week, you should just go follow us. It's at Pritchard show on Twitter. Uh, you'll probably see something pinned to the top very soon and you can drop your question right there. And that's where I'll see it next week. We're doing a big show, by the way, it's SummerSlam 2005. One of our most requested shows ever. On top, incredibly, it's Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan, and there is so much to unpack there. Now, but let's wrap up Bob Backlund. Rajiv wants to know, having not seen many Bob Backlund matches before the 90s, what's the one Bob Backlund match I should go out of my way to watch? Uh, anything with Pat Patterson. Yeah, I haven't seen Pat that. Pat Patterson running Madison Square Garden with Backlund were, were some of Backlund's best matches. Another question for Majeev in Bruce's eyes, what does he consider to be greater? The number of championships won or the length of the reign? The length of the reign. Do you think that he held the title so long, meaning he was just a great champion? It was a babyface territory. Was there nobody else at his level at the time as far as believability? Why do you think he had such a long run? Because they didn't have anybody else. Uh, Adam wants to know what's Bruce's opinion of the towel throw. It's been said that Bob didn't want to do the job for the chic. I know that predates you, but there has been lots of debate over the years about who was, uh, agreeable and not so much. Well, I don't think that Bob didn't want to do the job for the chic. I just think that Bob was a little taken aback and shocked at having to drop the championship. There's uh, a difference. Uh, I don't. I think Bob would have done the job for anybody at any time, but 
he, I think that he was bristled at the um, fact of him losing the championship. Uh, lots of people think that Bob and Razor didn't get along and they were both trying to one up each other during the match at WrestleMania nine. we got various versions of that question. Did you ever hear that, that those guys were just oil and water? They were oil and water and it wasn't, you know, like they didn't really get along bad, but they did not click. No pun intended. Uh, here's a, an interesting question here that I don't guess I really ever thought about. Bob cried during an interview after losing the title. Was that to garner sympathy or was he really an emotional guy? I found it awkward to watch. Well, Bob really is an emotional guy, but also he's a very shy guy that you would be hard pressed to get that. As Michael Hayes would say, get that emotionality on the camera. Um, and I think the week we were able to do that in that situation where you did see Bob emotional and was a little over the top and he was able to do it in front of the camera. Here's one from a wrestling historian on Instagram. He says, what was the payoff for Backlund's presidential campaign going to be? What the fuck do you think? Win the presidency. Become the president. <laughs> I love you, That's Bruce. That's a fucking payoff. Uh, Charlie Thrower wants to know, better chicken wing, Bob Backlund or Marty Skrull? Uh, it, you know, you've told a story on here. This one comes from Adam. He says, Bruce told a story that Bob would make fans earn an autograph from him. Did anybody ever tell him to go screw off? That's way too much of an ask for a fan that just wants an autograph. And by the way, Bruce, I think that's what makes it so great. Don't you that? I mean, if he's a heel, he's not just giving it to you. He's going to make you work for it. I love, I absolutely loved it. And you know, there, there were people that thought, okay, this is a little weird, but yeah, it was what it was. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. The closet champion wants to know, was Vince going to put any effort into getting Backlund on a formal ballot when he was running for presidency? Stephen Colbert got on a ballot in South Carolina with a similar gimmick. Was there ever any consideration um, for trying to do that in Connecticut, New York, Massachusetts, anywhere in the Northeast? Uh, Bob did go through the uh, registration process of running. You have to you have to fill out a bunch of stuff to be able to get on the ballot. Yes, we did do that with Bob. Owen wants to know for a time period in the '90s, Bob often looked at his hands when he was out in the ring. Do you reckon he knew how big Batista's dick was, and he just thought he needed two hands to hold it? Since you're on a cell phone, I feel like I should ask, can you hear me now? Eric Rottencrotch wants to know how would Michael Hayes pronounce the word plebeian? Pronounce the word what? Plebeian. You know, Bob Backlund used to come out and oh, he would say, Oh, 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 what you, Hey, are we going to have any of them plebeians up there? Where the fuck is the plebeian section? Dave, Dave, Dave. I don't know why your Michael Hayes makes me laugh, but it does. Uh, Ari wants to know Backlund came back in 92 was the plan to make him champion made even back then. 
if not, what was the plan? Because it seems like, uh, he'd come back after such a long layoff. Do you think, I mean, I guess the gist of what Ari's asking there is when you brought him back in 92, did you sort of have in your mind's eye, we've, we've got to try him as a heel. No, I think it was come back and let's see what we have and let's see what we can do with Bobby and what he's willing to do. Uh, Dismal Abysmal writes, does Bruce remember anything about Bob Backlund interacting with Hulk Hogan during Hulk's brief run in 93? They appeared on TV a few times together in the early eighties, but once Bob left the company, he was openly critical of the 24 inch pythons brother. And what's the question though? Well, did, did they ever have any interaction that you recall in 93 Backlund and Hogan? Cause they're both in the promotion here. I, it was cordial. I don't, I don't think it was anything out of the ordinary. No. Do you think it could have worked a babyface Hogan and a heel Backlund in 93 hypothetically? No. Why so adamantly? No. Uh, because same reason razor and them didn't work big time, big time, uh, styles clash. Pender J wants to know in their heyday, who had the better cardio, Bob Backlund or Ric Flair? The better what? Cardio. It's like exercise. You know, when guys are working out. Oh God, that's, um, I would give the nod to Backlund, but that's, that's on a hair, man, because Flair and his cardio un- unmatched. Um, so that one's a tough one. They-, they were pretty damn close. Ken Brzezinski wants to know in his heyday, how would Bob have fared against Brock Lesnar in a shoot? I think Bob would have fared very well in, Bo- in Bob's heyday. Uh, against any of these mixed martial artists in the UFC or anywhere else. I think Bob would have, Bob wouldn't be able to hold, hold his own. Early raw Manhattan center crowds were on fire for Bob Backlund in 93. What was the backstage reaction to the smart fans who cheered so loudly for Bob? I, I think we knew that was going to happen. I think there was going to be that element and that was the beauty of Bob Backlund, that character at that time. It was polarizing. Fat guy from Fargo wants to know Bob always seemed like a wholesome guy. Was he ever known to have any fun, have a cocktail, enjoy some of the quote unquote chocolate cake, hit a shoe show, anything that might surprise us? Um, Bob liked to have a, have a beer now and then and was just, uh, just a great, great guy. I mean, yeah, Bob had fun. Bob was a human being, but, uh, yeah, he would imbibe from time to time. Great question here from Jason. He says, I live in the same town as Mr. Backlund. And every two weeks I see him checking out a stack of books from the library. I want to know who were some of the bigger readers in the locker room that Bruce has seen over the years. Glenn Jacobs, big one. Um, Really, you know, really depends. Uh, but, but Glenn Jacobs is one that stands out that's constantly reading. Uh, the other one is John Cena. Uh, how did Backlund fit in with the personalities of his second run? Guys like the Click, Brett and Owen, Mabel, the Head Shrinkers. 
Did he ride with anyone? We've sort of broken down the talent, but this is an interesting question. If he, if he does feel like the odd man out to a lot of these guys, does he have trouble finding a riding partner? Do you recall? No, I, I think, as a matter of fact, I think he traveled with Virgil for a while, but there were a few different people. Uh, Bob Holly, I believe he traveled with. And yeah. Bob fit in. Bob to fit in. He's a chameleon. Fit in anywhere. Uh, Craig Knapp wants to know how pissed was Vince when Backlund referred to Diesel as Kevin Nash on Raw? Also, was Vince pissed at Shawn Michaels for pointing it out while doing commentary with him? Was there any heat on either guy for that? This is an interesting follow-up question because you on our recent diesel episode talked about the fact that Jim Ross really wanted to talk about Kevin Nash, whereas you just wanted to talk about diesel, not really exposing the guy's legitimate athletic background, unless he was someone like Kurt angle, like a legitimate gold medalist or something like that. But if you were just a player on a basketball team that nobody had ever heard of, maybe let's not highlight that and make you seem like a bigger deal as diesel. So when he calls him Kevin Nash, is that a directive from the office to do it? Or is he just watching the programming and just does it on his own? Probably a fuck up. Okay. Uh, TJL 66 says, we always hear about Bob's physical conditioning being legendary. Where do you rank Bob's conditioning all time? We sort of compared him to flair earlier, but when you, when you lump in guys like Kurt angle and Shelton Benjamin, and there's been so many great athletes who've come through. Do you think he's top five? Definitely top five. I'd probably put him, you know, and I'd put him up there with Blair. I put, you know, like a guy like John Morris and unbelievable conditioning. Um, it, it was a different time then. Those guys, Dory Funk Jr. would sit in the back and uh, jump rope and do push-ups and work out all night long and then go out and do a 60-minute match. Um, Flair. Just with his, the squats and the conditioning, unbelievable. So, Bob Backlund, though, another breed. Interesting question from uh, on this day in WWE, and he quote tweets something from '94, uh, where it's a vignette that's Halloween themed about Bob Backlund's state of mind, and there's like spiders and spooky stuff, but it shows him sort of snapping. And his question is, was Bob Backlund the first character to have a quote unquote darker side in the WWF? It felt like up until this time, the wrestlers were always portrayed in a more comic book style, goody, goody versus bad guy. But this heel turn felt quite different back then. Well, it it felt different because it was different and it was taking someone who had been a part of the company past and in a very pure and homogenized way and changing that up a little bit. So uh, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Uh, we'll get two more questions here. Then we'll wrap things up. One of Bob Backlund's infamous promos declared he had never eaten marijuana. Can you confirm any truth to this statement? I doubt Bob has ever eaten marijuana. <laughs> Such a great random thing to say on TV. I mean, in that era, I don't think there were a ton of writers running around was did he just go out there and freestyle that on his own? Is is it okay to say I've never eaten marijuana on, I guess children's programming in '94? Well, yeah, that's a good message, kids. Don't eat marijuana. <laughs> I don't know why that's fun, but it is. 
uh, you know, listen, let's go ahead and wrap things up this week. We, uh, we appreciate you uh, bearing with us. We know we're late. We know we're behind Bruce landed in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night and got three hours of sleep and had no power and no internet and drove around until we found a parking lot with suitable cell phone coverage. Uh, and, and if, if things go according to plan, Bruce, next week, you're going to be on a real microphone with real internet at your house, uh, not in some Tesla or whatever the fuck you're driving these days on the side of a parking lot somewhere. SummerSlam 05. Are you pumped next week, man? I am. I'm pumped and I'm probably going to watch it, uh, on Monday to just get refreshed a little bit. Now I'll have it on. I'll have it on in my office anyway. Well, listen, we appreciate you making time for us. Uh, go take a nap or get ready for your next meeting or whatever it is you're off to do. And we appreciate you guys sticking with us here on something to wrestle. We'll be back next week with a barn burner of an episode and we'll sound back to normal. Bruce will have a uh, power and internet and a real mic. It's going to be something else. SummerSlam 05 next week, right here on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Rock on. Get your something to wrestle gear at brucepritchard.com and check out boxagimmicks.com, the official something to wrestle store where you can find gimmicks for yourself or the fan in your life. New items added weekly. There's no better time to say I love you and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven's there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready-for-love engagement ring collection that's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through a new virtual appointment, calls, texts, chats, emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he also offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast free and safe shipping Steven singer jewelers. That's I hate Steven singer.com. I've been telling you for a long time that save with Conrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. Good morning. Hey, this is Dave Silva. I'm calling from save with Conrad. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing great. I listen to you guys all the time. Man. Oh man. That's awesome. All five, five, all five <laughs> podcasts. Okay. So what made you come to save with Conrad in the first place? Uh, I was just looking to try to refinance my my home and try to get a, a better better deal on my home as well as try to cut out some of my my credit card and uh, other debts that I had and I had worked with worked with Derek and he was he was amazing like he answered every question that that I needed answered and he was able to answer those questions as quickly as possible. If he wasn't able to answer things, he would get back hold of me within like within like an hour with, with those answers. So he was just flat out amazing to work with. How much money was Save with Conrad able to save you? So they paid off my car, paid off several credit cards. I wanna say in the long run, probably about 35, 40,000 
for sure. That's fantastic, man. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah, man. I yeah, and thank you for calling. I really appreciate your call. And like I said, um, I listen to you guys all the all the time. I've listened to Conrad ever uh, Conrad Thompson ever since the Ric Flair show. So. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! It's an unbelievably fun listen at adfreeshows.com. Here's a clip. It is the debut episode of the much anticipated JR fires back. And you notice he stayed away from all of his real issues. If he was a great star, Conrad, come on. Who gives a shit if your mother calls the office? I don't. Or your father, or your sister. You don't think I hadn't had phone calls from virtually every family member that exists in a family tree at some point in time? either over a check that was late or where's my, we thought it'd be more money or we need to pay our taxes or, you know, when's my husband going to get a, get more TV time, blah, blah, blah. And so the talents have others call representing them, which I thought was kind of a chicken shit way of doing business, but nonetheless, you know, I listened, but you know, Mark's been telling the story for years, man. If that doesn't get you going, I don't know what will available now at adfreeshows.com. Where, by the way, you would have gotten this show early in ad-free. It all starts at just $9 a month. Check out everything available right now at adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.